This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey podcast fam, welcome to Hanging For More. It's your host Yasmina. And I'm Maggie. Hanging For More is here to bring you endless laughter and honest conversations. Just remember, if you're loving the podcast, to hit follow and leave us a review as this helps out so much. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello and welcome back to Hanging For More. How are you? I'm good. I'm a bit tired and a bit under the weather to be honest. I know, we're both a little bit under the weather. I'm so sorry if you hear any like (laughs) sniffles. Like there are some people who hate that like... (laughs) that's gonna be me that's for sure no but yeah how are you in what did you what have you been up to just busy to be honest Tyson started soccer so it's been quite busy and eventful and to be honest I've just taken that time while he's at his soccer training sessions to start reading some development books so I'm currently in the middle of a book um called the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz I think that's amazing um, which has been yeah quite interesting so I'm enjoying that to be honest what about you that is so good no I, I applaud anyone who does extracurricular activities with their kids <laughs> I was telling Thanks. Maggie this I'm like I haven't put my kids into anything because I'm like the hassle of like getting up and taking him to their sports like that kills me it's like I lot. barely have time to scratch my ass or wash my hair yeah let alone like get up after school and my kids are like really rowdy after school is it just mine because like they're still young they, and they get yeah. emotional yeah. and like it's meltdown zone like I Comes call it with age I think they call it witching hour between a certain time yeah time to time but the fact that you bring up like the what is it the four the four agreements the four agreements yeah. I think that's like a self development it is book. yeah I've been wanting to get back into self development but I was on Pinterest recently yeah and there was this thing that I came across and it was like called shadow work and okay. the minute I started reading it just had literally on Pinterest it just said the word shadow work and all these questions and these questions were like really really deep right deep questions that really make you think so I started doing some research on it. And I've pulled up a little article to explain (laughs) shadow work better because I don't know exactly what it is or the right words to describe everything. So I just thought I'd give you the facts instead because I don't want to – I'm so sorry if I pronounce anything wrong. But basically, your inner shadow work is composed of parts of you that you subconsciously reject, which is quite deep. The psychologist Carl Jung popularized the idea of shadow work or inner shadow he defined the collective unconscious with eight different Jungian archetypes. So I don't know. I don't know whether I'm pronouncing all of that right, but basically, it's got different parts to it. It has self, the center of your personality or psyche, your conscious awareness, shadow, the dark and emotional aspect of your psyche, and Nima, an image of an idolized woman that draws people into their feminine side. Wow. Anemus, a part of you that has the capacity of reflection for reflection and self-knowledge. Persona, the mask you wear the sh- to show the world while you project your inner self. Hero, a part of your psyche that can overcome evil and destruction. Wise old man, a personification of the self that contains your wisdom. Trickster, a childish part of your psyche that needs gratification. Wow, okay. Quite deep. But basically the way your shadow work the, sh- the way shadow work is, is that it's like working on your unconscious mind. So, do you know how sometimes you'll do things unconsciously? Yeah. Like, you don't know, like, I'll give you an example for Maggie. I know, and I'm someone who picks up on a lot of people's subconscious behaviors. I don't know, it's just within me. But, like, I remember the first few times hanging out with Maggie, I was like, hey, you twiddle your fingers quite a bit. And I <laughs> yeah, noticed you're always it's telling in, me. Yeah. And I noticed it's times when you're feeling a little bit anxious yeah. or like maybe you're overwhelmed. Like, I know with you, um, when we're around a big crowd of people or like we're doing something new, you 
get a bit of anxiety yeah, I and I switched onto that quite quickly. Yeah. But basically what shadow work is supposed to do is dig deeper into why we are the way we are and dig deeper into questions that we might not want to be facing at the moment. And I found some questions on um, – <laughs> So I'm your guinea pig basically <laughs> you're for my today. Guinea, <laughs> you're my guinea pig basically. Okay, let's but do I it, found, guys. I found part of the shadow work yeah. was like you can do it for your relationship as well. Okay. So like subconsciously things that you might need. I'll read you some of the relationship ones. This one's called Intimacy 101 for shadow work. Okay. I thought this was fucking awesome. I haven't tried it with Billy just yet because okay. he's in the process. He's just changed jobs. Things have been hectic at home with like the readjustments of schedules. So I was like, I'll wait until I hit him with this stuff. <laughs> like, and today I'm pissed at him because I had a dream that like he was – taking photos with a chick in his undies and she sent me a text <laughs> and when I asked him he was like do, do I look good anyway I'm angry at him right now <laughs> but these are some of the questions so imagine pic- picture telling these to your partner and for those listening maybe this is something that you can r- like listen to with your partner and ask yourself these questions or maybe write them down and it says how many people have you said I love you without actually meaning it Another question is, who would you prioritize before me if it really came down to it? Wow. Imagine, like, imagine the different okay. people who would come up with. That's this interesting. This could start a war. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> the whole point of this is to dig deeper. Yeah. We don't want to start wars here. <laughs> who would you prioritize? Oh, yeah, I read that one. Are there any colors you hate wearing because you feel unattractive in them? I don't know how. Maybe that's to dig deeper as to why that color makes you, like, not want them like uh, we're talking in the car <laughs> about the color red yeah. yeah um red was, nail polish or red lipstick that it like there's like a, a tiktok or a trend it. going around oh. that's like if a guy lo- guys really love red and there's like a scientific fact of like guys being attracted to red being because maybe their mother or their grandmother wore red and like it it's a symbol for them of like feeling safe or okay. feeling like they want to come after that like I remember someone a friend of mine got red nail polish and she goes I've never got so much attention on my nails until I had red interesting so maybe that's where that question stems from do you think you are worthy of being loved wow it's fucking deep man um what can I do to cheer you up when life gets hard how how did your first heartbreak change you is there anyone on this planet that would that could destroy you with just their words wow I've got goosebumps um, yeah, that's <laughs> all full over on. my body. Um, what song breaks your heart every time you hear it? That's These are like really deep. Anyway, yeah. and then there's some that are just for shadow work. Okay. So these are some of the questions. What did my childhood me need the most? What am I avoiding? What am I addicted to? What secrets am I hiding and why? So these are great to like journal down, grab a piece of paper, answer these questions on a piece of paper and like dig deeper as to why why your answer is the I what it is. I actually love those questions. Yeah. I actually really do. Um, what, are my biggest, what are my biggest misconceptions of myself? What are my biggest fears? What do I need to let go of? In this um, – when I was researching about who came up with this, I think his name was Carl Jung, I just said, but he was saying the whole purpose of this is to get closer to yourself and understand why you do things, why you do things the, way the way you do. You do. And like he had an example on there, the article had an example of like, it's like you as a child being told that you speak too much, um, you yeah. talk too much. Yeah. And then you go into work for a presentation and someone says, hey, make sure you just don't babble on too much in the presentation because this is the amount of time that you have and you get triggered. And your whole thing is like you start losing it at this person. But 
the person's word isn't your trigger. Correct. It's just going back to your childhood of when you were told constantly that you talk too much. So it's like really undoing that thread and un- undoing those knots and ironing out exactly what needs to be fixed. It's like how many things in your life, I think in a few episodes back I was talking about how like I the sweating and like how a guy in school pointed out Botox, my sweating and it's yeah. constantly something. It's like if Billy now was to point out my sweating, it would, it would trigger me. And yeah, I've got to go back sure. to why did, why was that so embarrassing for me? What trauma have I gone through? And it's like undoing that's, that. Yeah, and that's the hardest part I think, you know, is learning and unlearning and finding out that bit of those pieces of information about yourself and it's one thing to find those tools and then to put them in practice yeah because it's like even you saying those reading that those questions I'm like that's amazing but then when you actually have to then you know whether you write them down then go back through them I feel like for me like that would be so overwhelming yeah. and it's like I don't know if I'm ready to, yeah. to go down that path um and I think that's always scary and I think that's one thing that holds us back in life in general definitely always whether it be this or anything is the fear of the unknown or the fear of you know what am I going to resurface what am I going to understand about myself but I think that's what makes it even more important is to do that self-work because that's the only way you will grow yeah um, and you will obviously learn so much about yourself so that's that's amazing Yeah. yeah when I was reading some of these I was like holy cow like like you said like I don't know whether I want to face some of these like there's more questions I'll read some more out of what I found it was like am I a victim of trauma have I done enough to heal yeah well what do I need to forgive myself for like how yeah 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 pretty (laughs) full-on questions basically if you jump on like Pinterest and you just write shadow work prompts it'll come up with a bunch and some of them are as simple as like there's this one what made you start doubting yourself as a kid and then you go back to like something as a kid and a lot of things like when I studied psychology for such a brief amount of time I you know it was just a few months but everything does relate back to like you as a child everything and like they taught us how to like bring clients and patients back to as a kid and that's where you find the fundamentals of where the trauma is rooted from and it could be as simple as like your great-grandmother did this and then your grandmother did this to your mum and then your mum did this the thing and I read something on online just recently and it was like this this blew my mind and it was like oftentimes the stuff that we don't heal from now we pass on that task to our children so true. to heal to, from and sometimes with our parents when we're we're a healed version of us and we try to bring up this healed version to our parents. They almost don't like that because it's like they're avoiding healing through that stuff that they didn't want to heal from and well, so it can be really it, difficult. It? Yeah, yeah, it's not as – it's harder to accept or face or, you know, work through because they, they've they not healed that version. No. And it's like you got to do the work so your kids don't have to heal through what you chose not to heal through. So while these prompts are really – really triggering for for many going through that and really trying to dig deeper as to why these things need healing is so important not just for you your future children for your existing children or just for yourself to have a better relationship better understanding of yourself and the more you know yourself the better you are as a partner as a person as a sibling as a family member whatever it is and you can do so much more and it gain it lifts your confidence as well and does so much it for does. you that's like for sure. it's that's... like a free therapy session basically no i agree in building confidence because i feel like definitely with you know even just being on the path of self-growth um it definitely does make me a little bit more confident understanding a little bit more about myself and probably digging through those deeper questions which is always really hard but yeah. i think it is so important to 
do and put those practices in place because it's the only way to move forward because obviously you do want better for yourself and for your for your kids or whoever it may be so I think it's really important to, to yeah practice yeah those. I think it's 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 definitely definitely difficult but worth looking into I think if you have some time sit down write in your journal a few prompts and see if you can figure out go through one or two prompts at a time and tick a few off every day or every week and dig deeper into you know all that so while we're on that topic of confidence, I wanted to ask you, is there some things that you've learned um, about self-confidence and can you share some of those tools or tips that you've I think self-confidence definitely comes from like valuing yourself a lot. I, I found even with Billy, like my husband, conversations that we've had about his upbringing and also just in general, like his own personal growth. He's like, I'm felt, I feel so much more self-confident now than I once did in my workplace. Like I feel like I can stand up and say what I want to say and I really don't care about, you know, anyone's anyone's opinions. And we went back to this convo of like sometimes it's a journey and like you don't you can fake it till you make it. You can get you can get to a point where like you genuinely don't feel confident and that's okay. And you can just learn as you go to gain more confidence. But I think my best advice is definitely fake it till you make it just until you know what the fuck you're doing. But I think it comes down to like really solidifying and that goes back to shadow work as well. I feel like is going through your triggers, finding out why you care about what other people think, um, why you don't believe in yourself more than anything. I think believing in yourself is really hard. It's, you know, we're told that as a child so often, like believe in yourself, believe in yourself. And it's like, also the words that we're given as kids do last with us and I think that's why oftentimes we're talking about this in the morning on the ride here to the studio about our children and how we've tried to instill confidence and certain yep. words of affirmation. I remember like words of affirmation back in my day wasn't a thing. No, that's And now sure. as adults we, we're still trying to like help ourselves grow in yep. that sense and like, yeah, we're trying to do the work for our children but more so as well for us and like talking to yourself sometimes confidence is as little as like taking those negative thoughts out of your head and talking positively to yourself do you have any advice with self-confidence because I know like you're you own a really successful salon you're a single mom who I I don't know for as long as I've known you you have had the most amazing self-confidence in yourself regardless of where you are in life you still believe in yourself you strive for better and you're really positive and you try to like always aim for the next goal and you're just yourself, you know what I mean, without fear of judgment or anything. What advice could you give for people? Um, I think that's also been a lot of reflecting, um, Being uh, having been a people pleaser as well. I, I guess throughout my journey I just really wanted to change things about myself that I would notice along the way and, again, that comes back to self-work um, and whether it was reading a book, seeing a therapist, um, just, you know, doing putting little things in place journaling where I sort of dug a little bit deeper and just tried to overcome those things for me getting that confidence I think came when I worked in real estate for a short time um the whole thing of fake it till you make it yeah kind of a put in situations even with having my hairdressing salon or having been an apprentice back in the days where I didn't know half the time what my my boss was telling me to do but it was kind of like well just get out there and do it give it a go because you've got nothing to lose and you'll mm. always gain from it, whether it be a you know, good experience, bad experience, a mistake, you don't know until you put yourself in that situation. And I think there's always growth from that. Um, and until you do that, you know, you just don't know. And then you obviously go from there. I know you always talk about being a people pleaser. Yeah, um, I am. And I guess for me, was. well, yeah, you always said, you know, you were previously, how does someone break away from being a people pleaser? I think it's really it's a really difficult. I think digging deep as to why you feel like you need to please people. Um, 
this is a quite deep topic, but I, I know for me personally, looking in, I always felt like growing up, like I had to be good. I was pretty much the black sheep of the family, like always <laughs> fucking naughty, doing dumb shit. Like I put my parents through the ringer. Nothing's but, changed. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like digging deep as to why I am the way I am, like as a child. And it's so crazy that in psychology, they do believe everything goes back to children as you were as a child, because it's so true. But as a child, I remember my parents saying like, why can't you just be good? why can't you just be good and that stuck with me because it was like what is good like so true, is it hey? following the rules like I don't I don't I don't know how to be good and so like that's always been something in the back of my head like be good do what's conventionally needed of you do follow the rules that's good go finish school that's good go to uni that's good yeah um and don't if- disobey your teachers that's good don't wag that's good and so growing up it's like when you're around people you kind of shift yourself into like who they think would be good. So it's like you're around someone toxic. Well, they think it's good for me to lie and cheat. So let me lie and cheat because it's good for them. And then you go around someone else and you're like, it's good for them if I take on more of a workload on at work because it's good, good for them. Yeah. And so that's that's that's, that's where crazy. people pleaser come from. Yep. People pleasers come from and they're constantly trying to shift themselves like a chameleon, trying to blend in with everyone. And it gets to a point where it's like you got to really turn around to yourself and go, who are you? Like who am I? Like I I need to figure out who I am. And I think to break away from the people pleaser, I think you really have to do some self-digging into why you are the way you are and heal that inner child. And I feel like it all comes down to like healing that inner child as to why you are the way you are and those triggers that might trigger you, like the fear of someone going, you're not good enough like for me or for whatever. Like why is that so triggering? Why is it not okay for them? Okay, I'm not good enough for you. Sweet, I dodged a bullet. See you later. You're not meant to be in my life. And it's like all of that. I remember um, Jay Shetty was talking about how he was a monk. Like I'm pretty sure he still is or was. I'm not too sure. But he was talking about how like when he went into being a monk that he had to go without music, without anything, like without internet, without nothing. And how he was in India, I'm pretty sure it was. And he goes like I really had to face my inner thoughts. And it's like we so often in this society use distractions, whether it be music, whether it be cleaning, whether it be – kids whether it be work whatever it may be we use distractions to stop us from going through our emotions and it's really hard to yeah sit there with yourself and actually go okay I Definitely. now have to actually think about it and it brings up all of these feelings and it's scary because definitely you don't know how to cope with them and you may not yeah. have been given the tools to cope with it and I think that's and I think you either part. you come out like that stuff comes out in one way or another. It's yeah, either like 100%. a friend of yours like is able to bring that side of you out. Like I know for me, like Maggie is someone who like I can really go through a deep conversation with. Like I have a few friends where I can really delve deep into what I'm thinking and feel like sweet. Like I, I can – it's a back and forth. And then there are some times where like it's an alo- like you're alone when you're working yeah. through that. And what each – both ways have their benefits. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's not – you don't have to be alone to deal with everything. No, Even right. if you have a safe person you can speak to. It I helps. remember once going to a spa with Billy and Billy has undiagnosed ADHD. I've diagnosed him. Pretty sure I have too. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not as bad as him. Like he's still uh, the point. We're you can't pretty close. Still. We're like, very, very similar. And I'm like to him, lay down. Like just lay down and sit. And he goes – and he sat. And I go, just for five <laughs> minutes, I dare you. And he's laying down and he's like – is it done? It's terrible. Like, is it done? Like, yeah. is five? He goes, how many minutes has it been? I go, Billy, are you serious? And like, it made me realize so many people struggle to sit within themselves. And 
you know, I think taking that time of alone time every day, just 10 minutes even, just within yourself, don't listen to music, don't do nothing, just sit and be in your own thoughts. And I think that's why a lot of people also suffer with insomnia because it's like sitting with your own thoughts is hard. So you need distraction. It's why we go on our phones at night. It's why we, you know, all of that. Well, I know one thing that you are always also projecting, which I love about you is self-love and self-worth. So um, and you're the best at this and I've learned so much from you about this. Um, you. Self-love, like how does one give themselves that self-love or unconditional love for themselves? Because you're amazing at it and I've oh, thank honestly you. and I've learned so much from you about it. So how do, how do you do that? How do you? There was a question on the shadow work stuff that really broke me when I heard it and it said, what does it take for you to love yourself? Like asking yourself that question and when you – like think about the the first things that come to your mind, like go to the front of your head. What does it take for you to love yourself unconditionally? And it's I, like- I wouldn't even know how to answer yeah, that, Yeah, to be honest. Exactly. And so it's like for some people, it's like I need to lose weight. I need to be this. I need to be perfect. My teeth have to be straight. I need to talk better. I need an education. I need this. I need a better job. I need this. Da, 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 da. There's all these things that come to your mind. And it's like I think coming to the realisation that you can love yourself and you can still be imperfect. Like you are not perfect whatsoever, but you still deserve that love. And I think going back to like, why is it that you don't deserve that love? What makes you, why is it that you give your friends and family love so freely while they're imperfect and they're not perfect, but then you won't give that to yourself. And it's like someone once said to me, love yourself like you love other people in your life unconditionally. I've heard another quote where someone said, speak to yourself. Like you speak speak to to those who you you love. love. Yeah. Yeah. And I think think a lot of that probably, well, for me anyway, I'm not sure about everybody else, but I think for me that comes back to like my childhood upbringing, my trauma, the self-love. So, um, yeah, I mean like. Do you teach your kid like anything got to do with like self-love? Like is there certain things that maybe you've implemented because you've learnt? Well, one thing I was talking to you about today in the car actually was just the way I speak to myself and the way that he speaks to himself um, and even saying things out loud. Yeah, like, you know, that you know, he's proud of himself or, um, you know, just the way he will, he will say things yeah. about himself and just making sure that he's really aware of what he comes out of his mouth. I mean, going back to reading the book, our words are so powerful and 100%. what we say out there into the universe. So yeah. for me it's more, yeah, modelling just the way he speaks to himself yeah. and about himself. Um, That's to how you that speak to yourself around yeah. him. Yeah. And, and I do that with him and so many times I do it and I think, I don't even, I'm still not putting that into practice for myself, Yeah, you know, but it does also help me be mindful of yeah. it and remind me because I, I want the best for him and I'm constantly trying to project that with him and it's like I need to keep reminding myself because I remind him all the time but, you know, I need to do it more for myself. I started this thing since my kids were young and I started saying, I love you unconditionally. I love you when you're sad. I love you when you're angry. I love you when you're bad. I love you when you're naughty. I love you when you're happy. I love you when you're being good. And I named all these situations. Anyway, I so often say it like just so they know that like my love for them is unconditional. doesn't matter what you do in life, you will always have my love. And I was telling Maggie this morning how like yesterday I wasn't feeling well and I jumped into bed and I said, guys, I had bathed them, fed them, everything. And I said, guys, I'm feeling really sick. I'm going to go into bed. You guys – just go on your iPads, play in your rooms together. Like I don't yeah. care what you do, just be good. And I went into bed and Noah had come into my room for something and he was like you know, screwing around, whatever, being naughty. <laughs> and I was like, Noah, get out of my room. And he came up behind me and he goes, mum, 
I love you so much. I love you when you're sad. I love you when you're sick. And he named all these things. And no joke, like I felt so emotional and I gave him a big hug and I said, thank you. I, I In this moment, I did need that. Yeah. And it was like, you don't realize – you don't realize like what you say does stick and yeah, like how so you true. model that behavior, they model it back. And like yeah. in in turn, you should be doing that regardless. Like give yourself that same love and it comes back to self-love. Love yourself regardless, even in your bad, even in your good, even when you make bad decisions, look at yourself in the mirror and go, it's okay. We make mistakes. I love me. It's okay. And there was a question once asked and it was like, if I asked you to name three people that you love the most in the world, who would you name? And oftentimes people forget to name themselves. I was just going to say. And it was like, yeah. whoa, like no one would name name themselves. And it's like that in itself just goes to show like working on your self-growth and like loving yourself. You're allowed to love yourself. That's so true. Yeah. You don't have to feel guilty. Hey guys, make sure you subscribe to our Hanging For More podcast and follow us on our socials, Hanging For More, for all the updated information and new podcast releases. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Do you find yourself oftentimes like the inner voice in your head you pass judgment on yourself the way like you would never pass judgment on someone else. Like I know hanging around you, you oftentimes <laughs> pick it yourself. You might be like, oh, my God, I'm so bloated. I feel like shit. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah. Like you'll point things out about yourself. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, so many people do this. But like do you feel like that voice stems from somewhere? Did you like – did it come from somewhere when you when you do doubt yourself, say? Yeah, that's – that's an interesting one for me. I I don't know where it comes from. Like I haven't thought about what's actually like what's brought that up for me. I have noticed that I do it quite a lot and I have noticed and made more of a conscious effort to, to stop, stop you doing have. That. Yeah, you've um, done really well. And not only that, I know even with Tyson, I was telling you this morning, I was just in the bathroom getting ready for to get here and I obviously don't feel the best. So I was just like, I feel like shit. I look like shit today. And he goes, no, mum, you don't look like shit. And I was just like, again, my words, like saying yeah. them out loud. Like I think sometimes I don't realise I'm saying them and I just sort of say how I feel. And yeah, yeah it's – I don't know where it's come from. I – I haven't really done enough work to sort of find out what has been the cause of it. But I yeah. think just probably not having had the confidence and I still, people look at me now and go, you're so confident, you're so confident. But like really deep down, I'm really not. I think mm. it's more just, you know, wanting to, sh whether it's people pleasing or whether it's just wanting to show up and be, you know, the best that I can for that person because I don't want to really want to inflict my traumas or my negative things onto that person, if that makes sense. So you're harder in yourself than you are in others. Oh, I'm definitely harder on myself. the best of yourself to yeah, others. Yeah, and it's kind of like I shove all that shit aside yeah. and it's like just be the person I need to be because I don't want – I want you to feel your best. Yeah. I think sometimes also changing the voice in your head sometimes comes down to literally fake it till you make it. Like sometimes I'm in front of my daughter and I'm like, oh, my God, I love my leg. Like, bro, I'm talking so much shit. I'm like, I love my legs. Oh, yeah, I love my bloated belly. And, like, I'm really genuinely, like, in that day not feeling myself, my, yeah. my period or whatever. But just that faking it really does play. Like, it does – it's kind of – you know how they say, like, when you smile and you're feeling sad or anxious, like, smile and, like, the receptors in your brain will be tricked into thinking you're happy? You're actually happy, It's a yeah. bit like that when it comes to, like, speaking to yourself. Like, continually speak positively to yourself and eventually, like, you'll believe one or two That's things so and the next minute you find yourself feeling really positive. Like, I'm wearing these jeans right now and I swear to God, they're <laughs> cutting off my circulation in my belly. And I was like, man, I really shouldn't be wearing these. They're not my size. Like, Yasmina, who do you think you are? But in my head, I was like, you look hot. You look great. Your ass looks great. And, like, I believed it. And this morning I was like, do you know what? 
I feel good. Like I'm just talking myself out of everything positive. Even looking in the mirror today, I was like, I feel like crap, like this, this. It's like you don't. No, no, it's no. all you know. So, I, um, one thing I actually wanted to ask you was: so, obviously, being younger, like, what were some of the things that were instilled in you as a child? Some ideas, maybe, that were instilled in you that you don't believe to be or see that are true now. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. Holy cow! So, like, things that. Oh yeah. So, like, for me, in my family, we really and so funny because me and my brother go against the grain completely. <laughs> but we believe, like, the way we were raised is like, go work for someone for the rest of your life. Like, that's the even if you work for yourself, it's not good. It's not considered a good thing. Whereas working for yourself is like more risky and like you shouldn't be doing that. Like, go study, get a full time job, work for someone. It's better for you. And my brother and I went against the grain. Like, we work for ourselves. And like till now, my family doesn't really understand it like they don't understand that the job like like my dad sees it's like parcels it's not real like, like. yeah yeah my dad sees parcels and I'm like oh this is work because like I'm always surprised what's in there if a PR company sends me and he goes why are you acting shocked like you're such a liar and I'm like no really so I feel like with that definitely you know you also think going against the grain is the way I speak to my children like we were instilled with like children are to be seen not heard kind of thing like you should so they should true. be behaved like my grandma god rest her soul she um had a saying and we still laugh about it till this day and it's like those with kids should never leave the house those what sorry those with kids should, should never, never leave, leave the, the house, house. Okay, it was a saying so it's like those with kids you were burdened with kids so like stay home until they're grown enough oh wow that okay. they can take themselves out so it's like wow. with us we're so different like our kids are heard they're seen they're spoken to they're considered so it's all of that. What about you? Are there any things that like? Um, I think for me it would probably just be um, telling Tyson that I love him quite often because that was something that I never heard. Those words were something that I never heard in our family um, and just giving him, being more affectionate. I'm not an affectionate person as you probably yeah, already know. Yeah, we both know. aren't. We both it's definitely so aren't. Um, but when it comes to him, I try. I've really made an effort to be really affectionate and give him as much hugs, um, kisses, just being affectionate with him because that was something that I never had, yeah, which is probably why I am the way I am. Um, and even in my relationships, I mean, I can be quite affectionate, but it's also something that's been very difficult and challenging for me. So I've always made a conscious effort of constantly telling him whether it's a good day or a bad day, like you were saying before, if they've done something naughty or whatever it might be to still remind them that they are still loved. Because I think a lot of the times, like you were saying, where if you sort of go outside of that box, like we're programmed to sort of be in this sort of box of you do that and that's bad, you're bad, you're this. So you know, making a conscious effort of trying to break that mould and being like, well, yes, if you do stuff up and do something naughty, I still love you. Yeah. But what about things for you? So you oftentimes, I notice, reflect back to your son, which is a quite a tricky, which is a yeah. very interesting, like you'll notice with everyone's questions, ask, the, ask yourself these questions that we're asking each other, but think back to stuff that you've unlearned. And I'm not going to tell I'm not going to give you the answers because I know you very well. <laughs> Do you? But I think. Help the sister no. out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you really, you break the mold in a lot of different ways and like, it's okay. And I often say this to you, like you should be proud because you've come such a long way in just a I short amount it. of time. That I don't see you. it like that. So yeah. I, I think that's the difference is you've, you know, you I don't see, which is probably obviously why I need to work more on myself because it's I think everyone needs something to that I don't, more, yeah. yeah, 100% that I don't notice. So what is it? Tell me what it is. I think for you definitely, and I'm, I love how I'm answering her question <laughs> about her childhood, um, 
judging based on what I know from your upbringing and everything, I feel like also the way you pride on your pride yourself on taking time for you, okay. you take such pride in going to the gym. You take pride in you know looking after yourself whichever way that looks like. Sometimes it's getting your nails done. Sometimes it's going for a facial. Sometimes Definitely, it's meeting yeah. up and being social with friends. I think you take so much pride in that self-love, like trying to really pour into your own cup. And I think that's like so important. And I feel like that's something that, you know, you were saying to me, like your parents worked seven days a week, like literally right. what was it? 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Every single yeah. day. And you make time for both your child and you together and yeah. also for yourself. Well, I think, yeah, you having said that, you're right. I mean, it's things that I don't really think about. I kind of just almost subconsciously do autopilot mode. And it's funny you say that because I actually had someone um, reach out to me the other day and said, I'm absolutely loving your journey and loving the way that you are loving yourself that little bit more. Wow. Um, so did that hit you? Yeah, it did. And I was like, wow, like I actually am. I was on my walk that morning and someone had sent the message through because I yeah. shared it. And I thought, wow, that's amazing that I'm actually at that stage now where I'm not even – like subconsciously thinking about it, yeah. I'm just kind of just doing it. But again, that just comes with, you know, seeing my parents having the way they were or my mum and yeah. it was like she never did anything for herself and it's like I don't want, you know, as you get older you notice those things. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't want to be that person, you know. I don't want my child to look back at me or, or even for me now. But that yeah. again has come back to doing a lot of work about self-love, self-worth. Um, I even had someone else reach out to me, um, a mum, and said, you know what, like you've motivated me from our podcast, yeah. which I think is incredible. And this is why we do this for yeah. you guys. Um, is she said I went and booked myself in for a massage that's and I amazing. treated myself. And that, I love that. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. Like even to be able to take that step. So I think we've spoken about it before where it's like taking the time for you and just doing those little things. And eventually it's like everything else, like riding a bike, the more yeah, you do it, exactly. the more frequent it becomes. And then you just kind of almost incorporate it in your lifestyle. A hundred percent. There was a question that um, on Instagram that we got from a follower that wrote, how do you create relationship goals? And more, import more importantly, what are relationship goals to you? And I thought... That's a question for you, that's for sure. But I thought this was such a great question, not only for me, but also in general, even like friendship goals. Like yeah. it could it could work for any relationship in your life because I know a lot of people, they might struggle to make friends or stay with friends and communication with all of that. Like relationships are, it's not just a marriage or boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever your partner it could be also your just friendships and I feel like yeah. that's such a great question because creating a goal you can't do it you got to do it together it's not something that you you do on your own it's like me going in my head like oh I've got a goal that you know I'm going to be doing this and this and this in our relationship. We're going to get closer and we're going to do a holiday once a year, whatever, just me and you. And then only to then he has no idea what I'm talking about. He's not in this goal with me. you got to do it together. So I think sitting down with your partner, this is for relationships as in partners, sitting down with your partner and going, what do you want out of this relationship? Um, That's actually pretty cool. What are your needs that aren't being met? What are my needs that aren't being met? Okay, how can we how can we meet both our needs? together That's and so setting cool. that goal and yeah. going like I remember with Billy once had said to me like I feel like you listen to me like you hear everything that I'm saying but I'm not being heard I feel wow. like oftentimes my words go over your head yeah. and I took that really seriously and I was like I'm so sorry like how how can I show you that I hear you because I do hear you it's just that in my head I don't validate those feelings because I go I don't agree with them 
And so sometimes, oftentimes I, I project that and I'm like, I'm so sorry. How can I, how can I show you that I am listening? What can I do to make you feel more loved? So I think sitting down having those deep conversations, again, goes back to a lot of those shadow works questions that I was saying. So maybe search up some intimacy shadow work stuff. And it's about going, delving deeper into that and setting goals that is for both of you. Like I'll give you an example for Billy and I, one of our, our goals are to do one holiday a year for a week or a little bit more, maybe 10 days where it's just me and him. And like, I think that, like I said to him, my parents got divorced after 30 years of being together. And I found that once us kids left the coop, left home, they, they realized, you know, that nothing was there. And for me, I'm like, I never want that to happen. I want us to like really work on each other, despite being in the thick of having kids you know, the thick of, you know, still young kids. Yeah, I want us to true. still make time for each other every single day and put that work into it. So it's a lot of the time is just sitting down and delving deeper Having into conversations. Yeah. Where you actually, is there any yeah. goal setting that you feel like would be a great goal to have for friendships? Like I know for me and you, we don't really set goals or anything like that. No, we just demand. <laughs> You're coming here and we're going here. Um, no, it's an interesting one because, I mean, yeah, with you and I, I think we both, and I think that's something that we've put into practice is we will ask each other, like, what do you want to do? Like, you know, is there somewhere you want to go? Or we, we check in with each other. I think that's Definitely. the biggest thing. And I think if you were to apply that in in all aspects of your life, um, again, it comes down to communication, I think, doesn't it? Like, Yeah, I remember once when I started Roaktang, remember when I called you over and I was like one month in and I felt really depressed, like randomly came on really suddenly. I remember that. And I gave Maggie a call. No, she texted me and instantly through the text she knew something was wrong. She goes, you were right. And I go, no, I'm not. Yeah, and she straight right. away had come over and I was just bawling my eyes out. And I was like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And she was like, it's okay. Like, and that was like, and she said to me in that moment, she goes, it's okay. Like, I need you to call me in these moments because like, this is, this is what friendship is about. Because you'd said to me, <clears throat> excuse me, you'd said to me, no, I'm okay. And I said, I'll come over. And you said, no, I'm okay. Yeah. And I was like, no, like it's yeah. non-negotiable. Like, I know that you are feeling this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I need to come and check on you and I need to make sure that you're okay. Yeah. Um, And having those boundaries and I think for us we've always had that boundary as well is that if one of us isn't okay, obviously to a certain degree, like you make that call and that decision to come and and just check on that person. And I think learning from it. 100%. I took a lot from that. I was like, wow, like shit, that's true because I did feel better afterwards. Like you were making me laugh over (laughs) dumb shit and like I was like, okay, I feel better. So like creating those those, and that's not really goals I know what it – I know, but I mean, as in like, it's oftentimes just in these situations that you go, okay, well now in future, I know that the goal is to call you when I am feeling this way. Like it might not happen realistically. We go through a world of emotions in general. Um, Another thing was that uh, I lost my train of thought. I was just going to say as well, I think that you also um, have like said before, even with our friendship is like what you sort of would expect from a friend and I think having had those conversations previously we both yeah. know where we stand yeah so again that's something that we've put into place I have a girlfriend where I had a, a misunderstanding with her like a disagreement and in that conversation um she said okay I know this upset you I just want to know why this upset you and how I can't do it how I know not to do it again yeah let's talk through this and it was really triggering and confronting to me because I was like why the fuck do you want to know why this pissed me <laughs> off but like we worked through that and it was so good because it was like later down the track when we have other misunderstandings, like, all right, I know this triggers her. That's right. So I know not to touch this subject or not to go near this or maybe say something that might be hurtful to you. So sweet, like this is where I am. So I yeah. feel like it all comes back to there. Communication there was is another key. question that um, they asked and it says, do you have any tips or insights 
for a scatterbrain who doesn't operate well using lists or schedules? This is for goals. Just goals in general? Yeah, because I feel like you're really good at smashing your um, goals. I am, yeah. Well, I do a vision board um, and I update that throughout the year. Maybe it's once a year, twice a year. And I just write down like small goals because I find it really overwhelming. I have my my overall goals that are like long-term or big. And I just try and I guess go through those little goals I writing everything out for me um helps keep me in check so I can refer back to them and then just you know tick them off as I go through but for me I feel like sometimes I am a bit of a scatterbrain just having those small goals um in place helps yeah me through yeah um I remember reading something once where it was like write down everything for your next day and I'm talking down to like make myself a coffee in the morning brush my teeth so like you're ticking things off that you naturally wouldn't usually add to a to-do list and I put them in my notes yeah in bed I just jump on my notes and I yeah write things down and that helps that helps even if you're feeling a bit depressed or down write a list no joke it works a charm write a list of little daily things like at 10 o'clock I'm going to be eating a a morning tea, you know, at this time I'm going to be doing this, at this time I'm going to meditate a little bit, at this time I'm going to brush my teeth. Just the act of ticking off these goals will make you more motivated to do more. And there was something that – there was something that I read once and I still do this still today (laughs) and it's like if it takes less than five minutes, you do it right now. Yeah, that's a good. So it's like a fuck. Good way to look at so it, yeah. you know, yesterday, you know how much I got done with that mentality. <laughs> yeah. I was like, go, I, I need to take the rubbish downstairs. Oh, it's take a fucking hell. It's gonna take <laughs> under five minutes. I was like, put the load on. It's gonna take under five but minutes. You're right. It's a sense yeah. of accomplishment because then you feel like you've actually accomplished something, and you sort of feel better again. It sends those like tr- you know those positive yeah. things where momentum where you just keep going, and then you know you're, you're more likely 100%. to stick to it. Hundred percent. No, yeah. but that's all we have time for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) And yes, we're out. Take care. Hey guys, thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to leave us a review and share it with your friends and family.